What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin, here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. Welcome back to 808s and Fast Breaks. This yeah. is what I believe to be episode 37, if my calculation is correct. Um, how you doing, Andy? I am doing pretty good, man. Just finished uh, some midterms. That was exciting. Not really, but you know. <laughs> like uh, That was chill. Other than that, life's been going pretty chill, honestly. How about you? How's, how's the beach? It was good, man. We had a good Valentine's Day. Yup. Yep. Hanging out at sunset on the beach. What more could you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> that and a drink in your hand. That's about all exactly, you need. Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. But no, it was. Uh, it's been good out here, man. Nice. Nice. Can't complain. Solid. We're going to uh, Bend this weekend, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fun, fun. Yeah. Hang out fun, in the snow fun. a little bit. But uh, yeah. yeah. All right. As for right. Uh, the episode today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to be talking different tiers of teams. We kind of wanted to break away from the normal discussion. You know, we've talked All Star, we talked LeBron, we talked the Kyrie trade. Um, throughout this podcast, will kind of be like a trade deadline review. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll think of random things, but we kind of highlighted a few teams in each conference that are all over the the board in terms of you know their prestige and how they're doing this year. Uh we have the worst team in the league, uh the the Houston Rockets and we have not by record but arguably the the best team in the league in in the Bucks. We're going to talk about both today. Um and a whole bunch in between. But we're going to start here at the basement dwellers. The lottery teams, and uh, what do you think, Andy? Eastern or Western Conference first? Well, just for me, I was about to ask the same thing, but I just did pull up the Western Conference stuff. So, I mean, we could just start there, really. Works for me, which means we are starting with the Rockets then. Mm. So, I guess uh, quick recap on the Houston Rockets: they're thirteen and forty-five. They currently have the worst record in the NBA. Um, 29th in terms of points per game, 25th in terms of uh, opponent points per game. It's pretty brutal. 29th in terms of uh, net rating. I think a lot of it is due to youth. A lot of it is due to coaching. Um, but they do have some very bright pieces. You know, They have Jalen Green, who looks like a potential all-star in this league, right? They have um, Alperin Sengun, right, who looks like a, a really fun big man, right? Nikola Jokic light, right, sort of player in that in that same vein, obviously not at the, in the same caliber. But they also have Jabari Smith, right, who is our favorite, like, you know, I think our consensus our favorite player in the draft, right? Yep. Um, going into it. And I still think he's going to be great. Um, 
But man, what what is what is your overall take on the team? You know, we were talking about how Steven Silas, their head coach, blatantly said he doesn't run any plays for Jabari, their top pick in the Crazy. draft this year. Crazy. Um, Does he want to get fired? I don't know. I know, right? So I mean, like, what is? I'll just toss the mic over to you, man. Like, what is your overall take on the Rockets this year? Um, I can't elaborate on too much. You've kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head. Really, it's a super young team. I feel like identity wise. They're still trying to figure things out. Like I think Jalen Green's just development as a high octane scorer has really kind of been like a huge highlight for them. But in terms of direction, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think Jalen Green is going to be like your number one option if you want to move forward in a playoffs. You know what I mean? And okay, but let me let me ask you a question on that. Do you do like do you think he might be more? like of a Bradley Beal sort of player going forward as opposed to say a Devin Booker. I'm just picking two like two guard. That. I'm just picking two shooting guards out of the air. One yeah, who's had a lot of success of and one who has kind of been mediocre, right? Mediocre. Well, this is what's really interesting, right? Like even Bradley Beal for example in his situation with Washington, right? When he first got drafted, like he was kind of he was kind of set in being like a spot-up shooter, not much of a facilitator, but his role grew, but they already had John Wall as their number one, right? It was kind of set in stone that Bradley was going to take, um, you know, basically second-duty roles for a while before he developed. What's interesting with Jalen Green's situation is that, f- without a doubt, he is the best offensive player on the Rockets, and I think that can help the Rockets kind of mold what they want to do with him and also build around because in my personal opinion, I really like Sangoon. I think Sangoon is a piece I was going to say, like, I kind of disagree with you saying Jalen Green's the best offensive player on the team. I think it's Sangoon. Sangoon? Yeah. And I would also say that Jabari Smith is already their best defensive player. Yes. Jabari is... Dude, Jabari is just... A crazy freak man like he's so young and to be able to be such a versatile defender of course he still gets bodied a little bit by bigger boys but like what are you gonna do he's like what like 19 like yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what are you gonna do um that's why i think it's interesting i still think Jalen green i will stand by it is like the best offensive player in my mind i think a lot of things facilitate and run through shangun and I think that could really help in a situation where I see it a lot like because Sangoon is like Jokic light, it could be a very similar situation with like Jokic and Jamal Murray, Sangoon and Jalen Green, these kinds of I, I actually really like that and, comparison. Yeah, no, no. It's like it's a very young version of them, you know, and that's the cool thing is we really got to see what they what happens in the lottery that's going to be kind of like the biggest decision that happens with houston yeah. you know no it, it, clearly what they're looking forward to like i said worst team in the league they are on a one two three four five six seven game losing streak as it currently stands in their last game before the all-star break they lost by almost 40 points to, <laughs> to the thunder they gave up 133 bad. points and the game before that they gave up 123 these games are not good. <laughs> Just not, not good. They consistently give up over 120 points per game. Consistently. Yeah. And that's kind of like the other thing I've noticed. I've I have watched a few Rockets games. 
because I want to watch Jabari and their defense just sucks. Like that's why like he's a standout player where you notice the effort. Jalen Green, I don't have faith is ever going to be a good defender unless mm-hmm. he decides he is going to be a good defender, you know. Um, similar to like Anthony Edwards, who we'll talk about later, but Anthony Edwards does it more often. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's where that's where Wembenyama comes in, right? Where yeah. like he's he's clearly the ideal fit. Or even if they don't get the first pick, right? You look at a guy like Scoot Henderson, who could be the point guard that Jabari actually needs to be successful, that Jalen Green needs, that Sangun can finally have a, a true pick and roll partner that looks to distribute. Um, like the, he could be a piece there. Brandon Miller from that Alabama kid, like he's he's a really really good player. Then you have, you know, he's kind of in that same vein as Jabari Smith Jr. So it's a lot of different options, like regardless of where they land, assuming they get a top four pick. Uh, clearly, Wembenyama is the prize, though. Like, so yeah. Do you do you yeah. think he would be an immediate, like immediately vaulting this team into like as opposed to being a twenty win team, they're a thirty. 30 to 35 one team if they get Wembanyama and they can start putting these pieces together. That's really hard for me, dude. Wembanyama is like such an anomaly. I just don't know how he'll fit. It's interesting because in a sense, like Jabari plays the four and he's like the tallest player in the starting lineup. You know, Boban doesn't play, right? And he's 6'10". You add Wembanyama and it's like it's it's like tall small ball. Like, you know it's what I fun, mean? It's fun, man. It'll be really, it's I think super really cool. fun. They'd have a true rim protector, too, which they don't have right now. Yes, yes. My whole thing, now, Shangun's a little bit more of a big body, but he's still growing into his body, in my opinion. There's a lot of development there where it's just like, you just start getting older. Dude, he's only 230 pounds. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's kind of frail, you know? But it's funny, because his bat, like post-up game is actually pretty ridiculous like he'll actually back people down yeah you know he, but he uses like his it's basketball iq and like m- different moves and stuff that that mm-hmm. gets him those points it's it's not his size i think a lot of the time yeah and it's just his positioning and so like in my opinion i think sengun offensively plays bigger than what he actually is you know but what i worry about is when Manana too is is very very skinny for his size and True. i feel like there's going to be some teams in the nba that are just going to straight up body the Rockets just because of sheer size and youth. Like, you know, it's just bad. But I mean, happen. they already do. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, I mean, can it get, really get any worse? Like I said, it dude, can't get routine, any worse. They routinely give up 120 points per game. Yeah, like, you're yeah, never yeah. going to be more than a, a bottom 10 team in the NBA doing something like mm-hmm. that, you know, even with the scoring boom. That just won't stand. Right. Right. And uh, so. my boy Tari Eason, too. Um, very carving good himself. Player. Very good player. Very good player right now. I wish he could get a little bit more minutes. Um, but, you know, he's solid off the bench, 25, 28 minutes. He's really like shown that he's kind of like a Swiss Army Knife type of player, which I think is something that all teams want to have. And it's nice that he's kind of young. And that he's probably going to be trying to fight for a starting spot in the lineup, you know? Yeah. And it, it keeps it competitive. I think young teams, you have to keep it slightly competitive. Not only a bonding experience, but as a team as a whole, you really do want to see who's going to fight for, you know, the starting spots, who's really an efficient starter. I think it's nice that they have little pieces like that. If they added Wembanyana in there, I mean, they have nice pieces, you know what I mean? It's just not like a, a set vision for anything yet really they're just kind of letting them play you know yeah no, i agree 
And I think we'll probably see a coaching change from this team if they get Wembenyama. If not, probably not. I don't know. Like, it's just entirely depends, man. But I feel like if, if they let Silas stay there, he's proven that he's not a good coach, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. especially with those comments about Jabari Smith Jr., that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for me. You just can't be saying that. Like, how are you going to no. kill what's, who's supposed, someone who's supposed to be one of your three best players' confidence, you know? Yeah, that's you crazy. Something like that. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I just feel bad for Jabari. Like same, out of the man. you know top three, it's like he, I knew whoever was going to go to Houston was going to have a real tough time compared to the other organizations. You know, I was so bummed when Jabari fell to Houston. Man. And when Jabari went there, I was like, oh shit, that sucks, man. That really sucks. You know, <laughs> uh, fucking dysfunctional yeah. franchise right now. No, so yeah. They are the, truly the bottom dwellers of the bottom dwellers, right? <laughs> but uh, let's let's move on to uh, either our Eastern Conference lottery team. Someone is, a, I, I think, kind of a tear up from from the Rockets, the Spurs, uh, the Hornets, and the Pistons, and that is the Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference. Um, who I did a, a like a really big deep dive because I I've liked watching Orlando because I have Markel Fultz on my fantasy team. And oh yeah! Shout out to Markel. I just love watching off. him. So he's awesome. That's been fun. But looking at like how they've done, they like they, they started their season abysmally. They in a I think it is since the start of December they're nineteen and eighteen. Where on the season they're what is it twenty four and thirty five, right? They had a five and twenty seven start. I'm pretty sure. Or sorry, it's five and seventeen start. Do my math wrong. So you take that out of it, they're a five hundred team, and they've been really, really good since the start of December. Even more so since the start of the new year, and a lot of that coincides with Mark Huffold's return into the lineup. Um, I don't know. I think Paolo and Fran, Fra, Paolo and Franz have the potential to be the best wing duo in the league in five to seven years. Like they look really, really good. And they're in their first. Oh, after Tatum and Brown are out Tatum and Brown. I think, I think Tatum and Brown once they're in their mid thirties, it'll be these guys. Mm. They're just Mm. really good. And Orlando's going to have them for the next five to seven years, you know, unless they decide to trade them for, I don't know why they would ever do that, but unless they decide to trade them. And I don't know, man, they're just a really good team. Do you what? Are, what are your thoughts on on the Magic? Here, a couple quick stats. Um, they are seventeenth in defensive rating, twenty fifth in offensive rating, um, and twenty sixth in terms of net rating. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's overall in the season. But that again, that includes that five and seventeen stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. So I have Paulo on my fantasy. So obviously, I pay attention to Magic games. Um, Paulo's been a little bit in a slump offensively. Um, the, I think the biggest thing that's been happening is like a lot of people are really just game planning for him. Um, but the cool thing about Paulo that I do like that sometimes I think young players have a hard time doing is affecting the game in other ways other than just scoring the basket, right? Like Paulo is so versatile at his size. Um, he's in my opinion, like the most physically dominating rookie, you know, he's just physically imposing. Um, He's so heavy, but he's so quick on his feet and he's really, 
he's honestly like pretty reasonable at facilitating the ball, kind of keeping it moving. Cause that's like Paulo's thing is if he's not going to go score, he's really trying to move the ball, which is like a huge thing. I think in a young player, it means like team orientated, you know, you got, you know, the number one draft pick, like invested in this team concept. I'm a little sad that Bull Bull's not getting as much minutes. Uh, you know, shout out to Bull Bull. But it's just kind of a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a fun, fun little team here, you know. Very lengthy, you know, in they've size. They've always been that way, man. Yeah, they've, they've always, always been. They've always drafted for some reason. Like, if they don't have a seven-foot wingspan, Orlando Magic won't draft you. <laughs> they said, bye, Bamba. And um, <laughs> Isaac, uh, Isaac, um, I don't really know with him. I know he's coming back, obviously, from an injury that's taken quite a long time to recover from. Um, I think he'll get more immersed into the lineup because he can stretch the floor. Um, Markel is playing like a true leader in point guard. Um, I don't know what to say. I think a lot of people wrote him off because he went to no man's land in Orlando, but then Orlando, you know, kind of drafted well and things are starting to look up. He's... He's kind of got his step back, you know, pretty limits turnovers. Like he's just really a pretty efficient guy, you know, and I think that's a great. I'm just an efficient guy. Yeah, just an (laughs) efficient guy, man. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's it's a it's a fun team. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to make like a gigantic step next year. That's what I was going to ask you is if you actually look at it. They are only four games out of the 10 spot. They're playing 500 mm. ball. The Bulls, I watched two Bulls games recently, and they've made some money for me betting on the unders, and I bet on their team total unders a couple times. They suck right now, especially without DeRozan. So those are money makers. One, the Pacers, I think, are kind of in a free fall right now. Uh, Tyrese yeah. has, I, I know you know Tyrese hasn't been playing at the same level he was. Nah, that injury um, messed him up a Especially bit. after his injury. Yeah. Um the Raptors have just been hit or miss. So I don't know, dude. Like is I I kind of see a world where the Magic could actually go up and grab a play-in spot. Totally far-fetched, right? They'd have to play really well. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I would bet uh I would bet like Orlando takes Chicago. I mean, Chicago is like I think that's they one of the biggest the stories in the NBA. Sure. Yeah, it, that's one of the biggest stories. Um, you know, a lot of uh, you know a lot of NBA podcasts were like, "What are the Bulls doing?" You know what I mean? There is like, it's like, oh, we're just gonna stay the same. Like, you know, people were shopping Alex Caruso, and Alex Caruso has been out with games, and they're like, "Why don't you just shop him and just try try to figure something out?" You know, but they seem to be in a complete disarray. I could see Orlando taking that. The Pacers, I'm not sure. I'm hoping my boy kind of gets back into the rhythm of facilitating. You know, they are one of the faster paced teams in the league. They love running the floor. I think that that in itself during the regular season is always a great thing to try to get records. If you're playing with fast pace, you know, hopefully you can just outrun your opponents, outgun your opponents. So, yeah, I feel like Chicago is the only one that I really feel that could like drop and maybe Washington. I feel like Toronto is going to kind of stay around in the plan. I've kind of liked Washington lately. Kuzma had like a ankle, like little sprained ankle and they, they mm-hmm. fought a little bit, but they were, they're really like, they're really good, honestly, especially they're at fun. home. 
and they're fun, dude. Like, yeah, they're Porzingis a fun little team. has been balling, balling, yeah. balling, man. It's so funny. It just kind of sucks that I feel like every, <laughs> I feel so bad for Dallas, right? Like Jalen Brunson well, I mean, goes, they ended up with Kyrie, career. man. How bad? Of course, of course. And then like Chris really Ops too. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I wish you know. I that's probably one of the pairings that I wish could have like stayed together, but their play styles just never worked. And I don't know. It seems Kristaps a lot more healthier now. You know, it's he seems like he's moving, but everyone's healthy that, until they aren't, right? Exactly. Well, that was just a shame. I wish they could have stuck together a little bit more because that would have been super cool. But no, no, I like Washington. I think Beal has cemented himself too in his like perfect role like there's a perfect balance between scoring he's kind of like a 1a he doesn't have to be a one you know yeah he's but like i think a 1A he, i think he would be best as a second or third option i gotta say mm-hmm. and i do mm-hmm. think he he should go play at miami at one point in his career <sighs> beal in miami yeah with jimmy sick. with jimmy and bam that would yeah, be I insane be sick. i don't that know if it'll so ever sick. happen i think he makes too much yeah. money but yeah for sure it'd be sick for it'd sure. be sick that'd be sick as hell all right, should we should we move to our next tier up? Let's do should it. We move to the uh, what we're calling the the play in tier, and we'll stick in the Eastern Conference for this one because I kind of want to talk about the new look Brooklyn Nets. And by virtue of that, we can mm. talk about the fact that holy fuck, Kevin Durant got traded. Yeah, <laughs> and we haven't talked about that on the podcast yet. Mm. So, mm. what is your opinion, man? We're gonna do this from the Nets angle. We're not gonna talk about the Suns. Suns, but the Nets don't have. Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving anymore. And they brought in a lot of new faces. The lineup they've rolled out the last couple games has been Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nick Claxton. With the bench, big main bench guys being Cam Thomas, Royce O'Neal, and Ben Simmons. So, like, yeah. what's your thoughts, man? I think they're really fun. I think they're really fun. Outside of me not even being mad at Ben Simmons anymore, I'm just sad for him. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Yeah, I mean, I okay, this is how I feel. Like when I watch them play, it reminds me of the do you remember? I think it was like 2018 Brooklyn Nets. I heard like other D-Lo. people saying this too, dude. Like when they had dude, D'Angelo Russell, yeah, it's the Kenny Atkinson Nets, the Kenny Atkinson Nets. It's like, I don't know, it seems like they're playing with a lot of fun. Obviously, it's disappointing to lose, you know, two star players, but maybe this is just me, but I feel like the weight and championship aspirations. It's it's a heavy load to bear for anyone. You know, what I mean, that type of pressure every single year. It's not like you're not trying. You know, I don't really believe anybody in the NBA is not trying, but that type of narrative and pressure to have that kind of go and just be like, look, you know, I, this is like pretty fucking obvious to all the players. It's like, guys, like we gave we gave up championship aspirations. Like, but for them it's like, well we have nothing to lose now. Let's just play. I, that's how I feel with this team. I also do feel like Brooklyn is a, in a very interesting situation where I think I think they can be sellers in the next year or two in terms of their pieces for trade assets. I think so too. Just because you're saying that, just because you think they have a lot of wings, a lot of redundancy. I mean, a lot of redundancy. I think McCall and Dorian, right? I think McCall's a better version of Dorian, like. And then, you know, you have someone like Royce O'Neal who doesn't really fit the timeline anymore, who I think could maybe go help and give you 15 minutes to another team. I think Cam Thomas 
starting and eventually uh becoming the greatest scorer of all time uh <laughs> you know that what, that what would is, be your ideal what would be your ideal nets lineup like i told um, you kind of what they've rolled out these last couple games but like with the new look thing like kind of hi- hypothesize with me what does the ideal lineup look like i think you keep dinwiddie right like i think he's a solid yeah. point guard yeah um as in just like the starting five just yeah the let's starting do five. the starters yeah. so can, i'd we say can talk bench if we want but okay so then yeah i'd probably do dinwiddie and <sighs> this is kind of hard but i would say dinwiddie cam thomas mccall bridges Maybe Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton. Yeah. My only issue with that is that you kind of have like a Portland thing with the two small guards mm. and you're two small guards not have great defense. So like I, I like the idea of Cam Thomas being in like the Jamal Crawford role where you can go uh, get like, like the six man point, 20 points off the bench. I think is like the dream scenario for him. He can close games, mm. you know, right. Um. So I think that's kind of where I see him and if, like he'll probably be subbed out for defense at the end of games always. Um, right. But I, everything else, yeah. And I think like you can trade either Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney Smith and probably get a first or both. Pick. Or both. I think, well, I think you probably want one of them, you know? I think right. you probably want one of them because I guess they're both around like 29, right? Mm hmm. 29, 30. So like you could trade both and assume you're going to get another wing, start McCall and, and Johnson and, and then you got Dinwiddie and Claxton, and you just kind of got to fill that that two guard spot, mm-hmm. second guard See, spot. I, ideally, like if, a three and D, another three and D guy, or the or that's your creator. You know, like you have you find that other creator, or McCall's your creator. That's the thing, dude. Like you, do you see McCall the other night get his career high? So 40 crazy, balling, aggressive. Like if they if that's the version of McCall Bridges they're getting, like holy fuck, man! Like they just they got their they got their guy. Yeah, and a great on-ball defender too. That's like, that's like getting. I think that's so like almost funny. like getting a Jalen Brown light. You know. Yeah, for sure. That is a that is a great comparison, Jalen Brown light. Yeah, McCall. It's like, I just love him because, sure, he's like six six. You're like, oh, that's like a shooting guard, small forward, tweener, right? But his arms, arms are so <laughs> lengthy. He literally looks like, like go-go gadget arms like you know what i'm saying like it's so long like the amount of space and area that he's able to cover um and then on top of that too the best thing about having long arms is it's really hard to contest jump shots and mccall is always like working on his offensive game and i think in brooklyn he's gonna really start tapping into that mid-range game that we never really saw in phoenix right we saw flashes of I saw flashes of it, but I really think it's kind of a green light at this point, you know? Like, I don't really know who the best player is at Brooklyn. I feel like it could I think it's McCall. depend. I think McCall, you know, shit, I don't know. Let's hope God juices Ben Simmons back and he comes back to normal. He's broken, man. I hate to say it. Oh, God. Like I, like I said earlier, I kind of feel bad for the guy at this point, but he's... Like a shell of himself. Did you saw like how it's going around the old highlights of him? I miss it. I it's miss insane, it, bro. Like, like it's not because it's gotten to the point where like you know it was always like, well, why won't he shoot threes? Why won't he shoot threes? But now it's like, dude, just why don't you like go up and dunk it like you used to ever? Why don't you like? 
why don't you do anything anymore? <laughs> he just looks so timid. And yeah, I heard uh, Bill Simmons talking about on his podcast that he's like is firmly a believer that it's he doesn't enjoy basketball like at all anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and after this contract, he probably won't play. That's crazy. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, we were like young Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. He's only in his fifth year in the league, dude. Yeah, I know. That's what really bothers me is like, dude, the first three years in Philadelphia after his injury, right? Takes a year off, comes back. Dude, he was a monster. Like when like we were talking about matchups like Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons, like who's better? Like those were narratives and conversations we used to have. And now it's like he's such such a shell of himself. And I'm just like, I really feel like that that back damage is like probably like I don't even know how to describe it. It's completely changed his game. Like his back is fucked. It's also like, just you know? wild, bro. Like you look at it and like he didn't play last year. Like I, I didn't even realize. Like I, I know that, but I like I kind of forgot it. He just straight up didn't play last year. Yeah, because he was and, supposed like, to show up in the playoffs, at, like, and he you couldn't. look at like before the downfall, kind of of his, you know, like his best year was nineteen twenty, right? He's an all. Right. He was a three time all star, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one. He's averaging like around 16 points a game, eight boards a game, two steals. eight assists a game at that point in that in that time, like two steals a game, almost a block a game. Yeah. On good two point efficiency. That's the thing, too, dude. Like, and and he takes half as many attempts now. He plays around about the same amount of minutes. He takes half as many attempts and he averages less than half as many points. It's yeah, just dude. bad, dude. Like he and and Jack Vaughn kind of condemned him in a press conference the other day I don't yep know saw i saw clip. that i saw that clip that was crazy basically basically like, saying said that you can't play him useless yeah, he's like, yeah you can't play him here you can't play him there you can't if you do this you can't do that so it's like basically just called him useless without saying it you know and right just, and then there's like, no there's it's like no what market we said about for him st- it's like what we said about silas earlier dude like you can't do that as a head coach unless no you're you want to send that message to that player so yeah, yeah, yeah. yikes and then and then nobody has the market for him. His contract's too big. Everybody's think he's overpaid. And, you know, it's like Ben Simmons is a unique player with no spacing. So it's like you have to surround him with spacing for him to be efficient. And even though he's a great you have to build, ball, you literally have to build around him. Build around him. seven points a game. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like building around Crazy. Draymond Green. I was just like, about to say know? that, but at least yeah. Draymond Green is like aggressive. Yeah, you know, and he, he's ends. willing to shoot. At least he's yeah. willing to shoot. He will shoot, and he will like uh, emotionally impact the game. You know, mentally yeah. impact the game. Ben yeah. Simmons is a negative on that end. Yeah, it's so, oh man, it's, it's tough. It's man. ridiculous, man. But all right, let's 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 flip to the Western Conference play-in team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ah, and I'll just kind of give you. Um, my quick notes on them before I get your thoughts here, buddy. But uh, first note, I am uh, ashamed that we didn't immediately put Anthony Edwards as an all-star. Oh, yeah. And I think he's a very deserving replacement for the injuries. I'm glad he gets to be named one. And I just I pulled his stats since the new year. He averages 26.5 points, five and a half boards, Nearly five assists a game on 46, 36, and 83 shooting splits. Ridiculous, dude. Like, he's a bona fide star player now. 
he just got a veteran point guard next to him in Mike Conley. The fit with Gobert looks a lot better. The defense looks a lot better. He looks like he's trying a lot harder on that end. Because you saw the clip, I'm assuming, on Kyrie and Luca, him and McDaniels just locking them up at the end of the Walking. game. And you saw the press, the the little interview yeah. after, right? He's just it's like, nice, dude. Just, like I, I want that foul. mentality from a number one pick, you know? Like, that's yeah. nice. And yeah. I, I just, my only concern about this team right now is what is going to happen when Carl Towns comes back. Yep. And I've, I've said it a few times to you, dude. I think he's going to get, tra- I think he should get traded. And I, I think he might, I think he should get traded for Trey Young or some shit, bro. Like, I think, I think that's the kind of shakeup we need. Could you imagine that? Dude, that'd be fucking crazy. Carl I Anthony Towns I'm, in I'm, Atlanta? I'm a champion of the Carl Towns for Trey Young trade. I, I have will no clue say, if it works salary-wise, but I feel like it would. I will say if Trey Young... Uh, dude, that is, that is an all-offense lineup, and you're relying on Rudy a lot. I'll say that. kind of sick, though, but you have a good defense, bro. Like, if Edwards is playing, like... He wants to on that end. Jade McDaniels is a great Daniels. defender. Torian Prince Kyle Anderson is a, is a good defender. Too. Good team defender. Yeah, you got it, bro. Like they got it. They could do it. And I mean, oh, be kind of sick if the Hawks know, want Towns. That's kind of the hang up for me. Why would they trade? Why would they trade Trey Young for Towns? They got to really believe in Dejounte Murray in that yeah. direction and really not want Trey Young because I think Trey Young's value would be higher than a Carl Towns. I will also say. If they were to hypothetically trade Towns, they have a really, really good backup. Nas Reed is a really, really good backup. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get traded, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's because, you know what? I, I, I'd I be willing to bet they didn't trade him because of the fucking Warriors game where like he single-handedly <laughs> kept them in it. And yeah, no, the game. he's good insurance. Because yeah, Gobert, he's good insurance. Gobert has been a little little banged up this year too you know mm-hmm. he's the kind of the, these knickknacky injuries where he's out a few games every now and again but overall dude like i think the timberwolves are right where i expected them to be you know in that six seven spot i think they're probably going to nestle into that seven spot because i think uh when curry comes back the warriors will will move up and i think they even might will move up without him i think the new look lakers shout out to my boys looking really really good in that game before the all-star break yeah, um, I, I think they're gonna move up. <clears throat> I saw Dennis Schroeder basically said that if they go seventeen and six, they'll get the six seed to close out the year, which is pretty sick. I'll be tracking that. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's just a lot of people coming for them, so I think they'll fall back a spot. But I'm I'm a believer in the the Timberwolves going forward. I like the move to get Conley again. I'll say that. I'm a again. I'm just I'm just a believer in them going forward. I, I like their team. I like their team without Carl Towns and Gobert playing with each other. Funnily enough, dude, who who could have thought that? Right. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. It's really weird. I I feel like uh, I feel like Carl Anthony Towns and this is going to sound weird. It's like I feel like Carl is like AD in a sense. They both probably prefer to play the 4, but it works better if they play the 5. And but Carl go- is nowhere close to him as a de- defensive player. Defensive player. I know. I know. I'm just trying to make the analogy of that. He's yeah. like obviously big. They're both Anthony Davis, 6'10, Carl, 6'11. But it's like you kind of have to play up in size with them to make lineups more cohesive. And I think 
towns at this point, I think it's pretty pretty much a given that he's not going to take your team up a level, right? Like Anthony yeah, Edwards has I played think he's 61 a, he's a floor games. Razor, not a ceiling razor. Ceiling razor. And it's like clearly Anthony Edwards is a ceiling razor. He's done more this season without Towns and it's proven like hey, I could still make the playoffs if Carl Anthony Towns has come back. Like, 100%, you know. 100%. And that's and that when you look at that, you're like, wow, I love Carl. He's a good player. He's an amazing offensive player, but no, I think it's time to trade him. I don't know where he could go. But the the other thing is, if it's not for Trey Young, like I know that's kind of a pie in the sky idea. Like you could have like they just they gave up a lot of first round picks to get Gobert, and I think the idea of recouping some of those, whether that's from like you know an Oklahoma City Thunder who could have him and Chet in the backcourt, right? Like, or sorry, but front court, but uh, something like that, man. Like our team that just has a lot of picks. The Pelicans have a lot of picks. You know, Valentinus what about Brooklyn? Brooklyn now has a lot of picks. There you go. Mm, like Brooklyn could be fun for them to get a, a good package back because they gave up a lot to get this other center. And I and I think that if they had to choose between Edwards and Towns, like you said earlier, the the choice is clear. You got to. Go it's Edwards. very clear. Yeah, yeah. But let's uh let let's move into the next bracket here. What do you think? Move bump yeah. it up a tax bracket. Yeah, <laughs> up a tax bracket. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, well, we'll stick in the Western Conference and let's talk about uh, the other the other LA team. Let's talk mm. about the, the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. What yes. are what are your thoughts on them? I'll give you the floor here because, like we like we were saying before we hit record, you're, you're, this is your boy. This is Paul George. Yeah, <laughs> this is my NBA crush. You know, love is, you, do you Paul think George. he's actually your favorite player? Like Dame, I think okay. it's got to be like. Ironically, I feel like it's got to be like Dame or him for you. Yeah. Okay. So for me, this is how I've always seen it with Paul George. If I was an NBA player, I would want to play like Paul George. Like that's he just does how his, I. Everything he does looks really smooth. Smooth. He is yeah. one of the smoothest NBA players. I don't care what anybody says. Like at his size to be moving. Like I saw a like um comparison clip. And it was Kyrie and Paul George. And obviously, Paul's a little bit slower, but the movements are literally the same. It's crazy how smooth he is. I, I yeah, love Paul George. He, he's nice. His footwork is just nice, too. Can you imagine if he never got hurt? Like, the, the, dude, that, like, bad dude. injury from the team. Bro, SA. don't remind me. Don't remind me. That was a sad oh. day. That was a sad day. But, all right. Thoughts on the thoughts on the Clippers, man? Because they've, they've, like, they've, they've kind of made some noise. Like, they're, they're I think they're mm-hmm. firmly in that four spot. Right. Let mm-hmm. me look at this real yeah. quick here. Well, I mean, yeah. Phoenix is right there. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix is right is there. Right they there. just beat Phoenix, though. I feel like pretty handily, mm-hmm. obviously without Durant yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Clippers yep. have their guys. They look healthy. I like Plumlee joining the team a lot. Yeah. He made a really Plumlee's big such an underrated move. Yeah. Uh, they got Bones Highland short up the bench, yep. but they got Eric Gordon. Like they made moves actually. Like I think, I think the Clippers and Lakers did very similar things to shore up a lot of their weaknesses, and they both have like some juice back. You know, yeah. You so I feel like I feel like they're kind perfect. of like slumber for the start of the season where they were both underperforming to different degrees, right? I think that the Lakers obviously drastically underperforming, uh, but the Clippers, a lot of people like myself, picked to be a one seed, um, yeah. and they are nine and a half games off of it or nine games off of it. But I do think I don't like the Kings. You know, they're only a game back from the Kings, um, 
and there's obviously a division rivalry there. And and the Grizzlies, like they don't strike, they don't, they don't really, for me, I don't think they strike fear in a lot of these other teams. Uh, so I, I could see them falling a little bit. Uh, but what do you think, man? Like, what are your thoughts overall on like them moving up? I think this is going to be the same narrative that we always talk about every year with PG and Kawhi is the health, right? If they Ty stay Lu, healthy, let's just like if, assume they do. Like, do you think it's a kind of a given that they're the, the second best team in the West outside of the Nuggets? Outside of the Nuggets? And the Suns, um, maybe? With, that's we, what we I was going to say. We haven't seen Suns. them with Durant. I know. I know. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the huge question, right? Is like, let's see how quick Durant gets immersed. But let's just say all health wise, I could see them being like top three easy in the Western Conference. Right. The problem is Ty Lue is struggling with rotations. It's been his narrative the whole career that he's been there is like he can't get a set lineup. I think the most consistent lineup that he's played this year has only played 13 games. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, cl- that's classic Clippers. Classic Clippers. But like, I think that's where, like, getting Plumlee to shore up, like, they have Plumlee and Zubach now, so they can do a lot of the yes. stuff they want to do for 48 minutes. Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, right? Like I was saying, like, I think a lot of that stuff is going to shore that up. Yeah, and I think Kawhi is really starting, and I'm sure you know, having him on your fantasy team. Like, you've been keeping Bro, up. He's Dude, so he's starting good. to, he's com- he's so starting to come back, man. And see, what makes Kawhi so scary is he he does it all super efficiently. You know what I mean? Aside from it's against almost, Phoenix. Yeah, against Phoenix. <laughs> that that was a bad shooting night. But yeah. but he kind of I remember I was watching this TikTok, this funny like uh NBA like you know like color commentary, you know, it's just someone just like going off and he's like Kawhi Leonard plays like you would play in 2K. Like <laughs> and in a sense it kind of is like He's a really mechanical player. He he does play like a robot and he's starting to like get his stride going in him. It's kind of surprising to really think that he's only played like 34 games this season. Like he's still really trying to get into the motion of the offense, but I think if Kawhi's healthy, Paul George is healthy, Terrence Mann has solidified himself as a starting the starting point guard of the team. Then you got Zubach, and then you have what, like Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, Eric Gordon, like Batum. That's, That's a, a lot of team, depth. dude. It's just a really That's deep a team. That's a lot of depth. And especially shoring up and getting Eric Gordon, you know? Like Eric's been wanting out of Houston for years, ever since James left, you know? And for him to be able to go back to the Clippers with, you know, like two stars next to him, and a bunch of other players that are willing to move the ball for open three-point shooting. I mean, Eric must be, like, salivating. You know what I mean? Like, this is a very, very solid team. Mason Plumley, like you said, very underrated move. Plumley was having a career year this year at the Hornets. And so it's like, when you trade him off, we already know where the Hornets are going. You know what direction. There's Wemby sweepstakes, baby. But True. for him to, like, get become a backup again but like play as quality as a starter like that's that's huge for the clippers to pick up so uh, i would not be surprised if they make the western conference finals this year i wouldn't either would not be surprised yeah. at all yeah um let's kind of do the let's do the eastern conference contender now um mm. and we're going to flip over and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks who <sighs> are on one hell of a winning streak right now and i yeah. i want to make sure i get the number right Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
and 11. Okay, cool. 12. 12 game winning streak. Taking that in the All Star break. Although Giannis did leave with a wrist injury in that game against the uh, the Bulls. I'm hoping he's okay. I haven't seen any updates on that. I honestly haven't mm-hmm. really looked it up. But, it's day to day, apparently. Okay, well, that's good. As long as he didn't like break his wrist. No, 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 no. He didn't break his wrist. It's a sprained okay. right wrist. That is fine. I have a, a week and a half here to recover. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about the Bucks is I think they are like the, aside from maybe the Celtics, but to me, me personally, I'm putting the Bucks over the Celtics. I think they are the steadiest team in the NBA. They've shown they can get it done. Brooke Lopez is playing at the level he was before his back surgery last year. He is a defensive player of the year candidate. You know, he, he's just, he's an amazing player. Yep. Um, Giannis is a clear MVP to me. I don't think Jokic should be winning three in a row. I'm not saying that for our, any narrative reason or anything like that. I just think Giannis is the clear cut, most valuable player to me. We're seeing him at his, if you want narrative, We've always wondered what Giannis would look like at his peak. Well, here we go. <laughs> like, it's here. This is Giannis's peak. He's fucking incredible. He plays in damn near every game. He averages 32, 12, and 5. He's one of the, like, he averages, he averages 32, 12, and 5. So crazy. And he's one of the top, like, I'd say he's one of the five best individual defenders in the NBA. You can argue that he's the best. Yeah. You know, and I think when you get to that point, you're talking about him, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, you know, like you're in that stratosphere. So he's the best player in the world. So he's the most valuable player, in my opinion. And to talk about like his peak, like I said, 32, 12, and five, but he averages 13 free throws per game now, 13 free throw attempts per game. He's completely unstoppable unless you just hack him. He's finally like, being being the guy we thought he was going to be, you know, aside from the three pointer, which was kind of like, again, like a wish mm-hmm. everyone thought he would do it, but he doesn't even need it. 32 points a game. He shoots like makes one out of four threes. So, yeah, I think they're the championship favorite. That's why I wanted to talk about them. 12 game win streak. They're only like one game or half game back behind the Celtics. And to me, that's the clear cut East finals matchup. It'll be it'll be Buck Celtics. I hope it goes six, seven games because that is going to be some of the best basketball that we see all yeah. year if it happens. I just want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it completely healthy. I just want to caveat this by saying, obviously, with Giannis and his crazy stat line, dude, this man is playing 33 minutes a game right now. Like, just like... Just Casual. add another seven minutes in playoff basketball. This man could, this man He'll will be damage. averaging, I don't know, like 36, 18, and seven. Something like that. Like, it's yeah. insane what he's doing right now. So it was interesting. I remember Giannis had a game against Boston earlier this year. It was definitely his worst game that he ever had. It was like less than 10 points. And the biggest thing was. Boston has seemed to learn how to be able to really like help team defend. Obviously, they have some elite defenders in both Jalen and Jason. And that was kind of the question that I had with Giannis. But right now, he's on a complete tear. It's something that like... It's another level right now. 
it's 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 insane like you know like remember when we thought like oh man is Giannis the best player when he won the chip and it was like yeah he's the best player well he took it to another level and he's 28 right now this is concrete the number that starts the prime we're looking at three to five more years of this you know three minimum right like unless Boston has some way to stop Giannis now I really don't know. And Boston, uh, Boston, like they've kind of kept their team as is. But with Giannis, I really liked the additions of Joe Ingles, somebody that can stretch the floor. It's a little bit pesky. And then we have still yet to see what Jay Crowder is going to do for them as well. Another kind of, you know, obviously streaky shooter, but he's known to be a pest. So that's something that, you know, the Bucks really like to do is be a little pesky i mean you you got some pretty pesky players out here you know good personalities i really like Giannis right now i don't know because i feel like there's so many players playing well right now but i really do think the mvp conversation is once again going to be Jokic or Giannis at this point i think you could throw Embiid's name in the hat there yeah and throw Embiid's name really really well yeah but i do think it's going to be those three guys and it will probably be those three guys going forward, and you can just round it out with Tatum, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to throw another name in there. Right, kind of the dark horse at this point, which kind of yeah. sucks because Tatum's also playing out of his mind as well. It's um, just he's just a, it's like to me for the Celtics, it's because it's more of a team, you know, mm-hmm. like where it's like if he could go, like he, Tatum could have a couple games out, but you no, know, you have Jalen Brown, they have Marcus Smart, they have Al Horford, they have all these guys, they have all these guys, arguably have the sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon, like, yeah. So I think that's kind of the reason where like Tatum just loses points in the MVP debate because of how good his team is. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree. This is, um, this is the best basketball Giannis is playing. Drew holiday is also playing out of his fucking mind. His mind, bro. Um, well-deserved like, all-star comes back and plays like all-star Chris 80%. It's over, like, bro. It gets, even dude, I, 80% dude. Yeah. That's where I get excited, dude. And I'm like, and I just I, I don't know. I want I kind of want Giannis to get a second championship and the Bucks get a second championship. I'm on that. I'm kind of on that bandwagon right now. If it's mm. not going to be the Lakers, I'm going Bucks. Going Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean they And uh, I just probably won't like, be the Lakers. <laughs> probably won't be the Lakers. <laughs> you never know with LeBron. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, if they get that 6 seed. Ooh, it's going to be I will say this not, if the Lakers actually never. make if the Lakers don't make the play-in, but they're actually in the playoffs, that is a first round I do not want to see. That is a first round I do not want to see. And if if Sacramento, if we get Clippers Lakers in the first round, first we round, finally get the matchup. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, be sick. Yeah, dude. Honestly, the Bucks are on a tear. I just really like all of their role player pieces too. Javon Carter. I like it Jor- too. You know, Nora Matthews when he gets the minutes. Like, I just think it's like, especially with the Bucks, it's like they've been together for so long. You know, it's kind of like, sure, like talent wins championships, but chemistry is a huge part of that too. Just knowing other people's tendencies on the floor. Giannis has played with these guys for a very long time. He can trust them. Right, that is like a huge advantage to have, and going into it, 
if I mean Milwaukee's right there to take the first seed, you know, it only takes a couple games for Boston to lose, and Milwaukee's right there. So we'll see how it ends, you know, towards uh, after All Star break, and kind of see over the next couple weeks after All Star where Giannis is going to take them, you know. Yeah, I agree, man. Well, that kind of wraps up everything I wanted to talk about. Anything, mm. uh, anything you wanted, anything you uh, need to add here? Any other team uh, Blazers thing? Uh, sh- R.I.P. Uh, Anthony Simon season most likely, which sucks. Yep. Um, yep. Which also means you can probably uh, count the the Blazers out. I think I think the Blakers are probably going to leapfrog them at the bare minimum. You know, just because the injuries like Nurk is out, Simons is out. They have to integrate all the new guys already. It just kind of looks bleak right now outside of Dane playing like an MVP. Uh, oh man yeah god Anthony Simons right now it's listed as day to day but it's to be announced with his right ankle sprain if it's to be determined which you know if it's not day to day and it's to be determined it's probably pretty bad I just hope it's I hope it's chill I heard it was bad yeah um uh not too much about the Blazers honestly uh what I do want to talk about, though, just for a quick second, the Lakers. Spicy, huh? Spicy. Spicy. Incredibly spicy. Oh, my God. Okay, D-Lo. But it's also cold because why, why is it so cold? Is there ice in my veins? <laughs> <laughs> it's back, baby, the Lake Show. No, I really like D'Angelo Russell. I remember... Right before the preseason started this year, I said D'Lo looked really good. And then he had a huge slump in the beginning of Minnesota. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, is he regressing? Right? Because D'Angelo's never been the most athletic player. Right? True. But he's very, very crafty. And he's the chemistry is good now. Yeah, That's the biggest dude. Thing. Did you see the chemistry in that first game with all dude, the guys? Insane. Insane. And see, here's what I think a lot of people say is like okay like you compare russell and d'angelo like if you were to just take them side by side right you'd be like well westbrook's obviously the better player look he has like mvps and like look what he's done in like oklahoma and his past and washington taking teams to the playoffs and stuff yes that's true but on paper but here's the thing d'angelo's skill set is more of a connective tissue for all players right like the ball doesn't necessarily need to be in his hands. He's really trained himself to be a spot-up shooter as well, right? As well as being able to facilitate. And he's really good in the pick and roll, especially with Anthony Davis rolling. Like, he'll find anybody, really. He's always been a good skip passer. So now you have this connective tissue for the Lakers. And I think a lot of people are not really talking about that right now because it's like there's so many other things going on. But I think the Lakers are going to creep. And if you start inserting Jared Vanderbilt in, and Dude, as long as everybody locked down Brandon Ingram the last night too, yeah, the other night maybe that was two nights yes. ago, I can't remember. Yes, like you it's start immersing some of these Andy's players. He's rubbing his crystal ball over here for the everyone know. that's just listening right now. I know, <laughs> and you know what? Like fuck it, like Malik Beasley will find his minutes, and he'll he made get six threes in his debut, bro. Dude, that was like a wet dream for Lakers fans. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean he's not going to keep that up, but. Yeah, you but know. who cares, bro? Like he can do half that, and it uh, yeah. it'll be amazing. And it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, if uh, if things, you know, if 
things hit the fan, you throw Mo Bamba in there for eight minutes and see yeah, what fucking get happens. Yeah, six fouls, man. That's, that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. No, but no, that's for real, dude. Like, it's, it's, it's the, the game I watched the other night against the Pelicans. That was the best I felt watching a Lakers game since the bubble year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Without a doubt. Like, it was instantaneous. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> to, to have a team that fits together like, I forgot. yeah man I completely forgot yeah and hey hey let's just shout out uh white chocolate 2.0 huh why don't we shout out austin reeves man still still the sticking boy, in there he's the boy he's the boy i i really like austin reeves though because he's an actual dog call he's him noah shabib goofy ass dude <laughs> dude I love it. You know, this season, you know what's crazy? He's averaging almost 11, two assists, two rebounds. Like, he's honestly just, like, not afraid to do anything. I feel like a lot of pressure gets to younger players, but he he really doesn't give two shits. He's out there to ball. No, he's crossing up baller, Giannis. Honestly. Crossing he's up Giannis. That's, why, the- people, that's <laughs> why he reminds people of Caruso. It's not just because they're both white. They yeah. generally do both just play hard, don't give a play shit. Play hard. You know, yeah, don't give a shit, there, man. Which is, which is dope. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out your Lakers because they're. I feel Things like that's going to be a team under the radar because everybody's no, going to be never be attention. under the radar. They could never be. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, the Western Conference narrative is going to be right they're now. Gonna, they're going to fly in a in a in a real loud jet, just flying up the standings. <laughs> Everyone's going to know about it. Oh man, yeah, everybody's just asking about Phoenix. But once that narrative is done, and once Kevin plays a week, you know, I feel like the Lakers are really going to creep up and. You're right with, especially with the Portland injury, you know how the Jazz are. Oklahoma's still young, but I think they'll move up a little bit, maybe. And we'll kind of see what happens, but 17 and six, man, that is, uh, I don't know if that's a real possibility here, but it, if that happens, that will be an amazing comeback story for the Lakers season. Yeah, dude, oh, that'd be an incredible end of the season. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that's all I had to say. Yeah, well, that'll about do it. As you can see, I now have a man bun. Mm. I want to. Mm, nice. Yeah. Nice. Pretty insane. Uh, nice. But yeah, that'll uh, that'll about do it for uh, for our show. Um, yeah. Thanks for everyone for listening. And uh, cheers. Peace.